Hey there, this is Allison Sullivan with another episode of Go Ask Allison, all things real estate. Um, if you want, if you enjoy my podcast and you have questions for me, you can always reach out to me. The easiest way is probably through my Instagram, which is Allison Sullivan Realtor. That's Allison with two L's and Y. Um, that's probably the easiest way. Um, but definitely like, follow, subscribe to my podcast, um, and enjoy. Today, we're here with uh, my favorite mortgage broker in the world um, in Florida, in Delray Beach, Craig Stelzer. He is the branch manager of a cross-country mortgage office in Delray Beach. Hey, Craig. Hey, Allison. Thanks for having me. Um, I wanted to have Craig because mortgages are such big news right now. Um, The rates have obviously gone up from last year, and it's all everybody really wants to talk about um, on the news and at dinner, hairdresser, wherever you go, people are talking about mortgages. So it's always good to get it from the horse's mouth, right? Versus, you know, the media or wherever else you're hearing it. So I thought, let's have Craig. And um, it's always a good time with Craig anyways. So um, hi, Craig. Hey, Allison. How's it going today? It's going pretty well. Last day of the month. I know. And I emailed Craig this morning at like 6.30 a.m., I think, with like a 911 help my deal. (laughs) It's my morning coffee. (laughs) Yeah. One thing about Craig is he's always up early like me. So sometimes I'll be like emailing him like super early. like, And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to go out for a run up to the beach real quick. And he's like, oh, here's a good playlist to listen to. And then I'm like, damn, this guy, full service mortgage broker. We're on the same page. Yeah. We like the same music. We're both in real estate. So um, so I thought of some questions that I thought might be um, of interest to um, people in the business or um, the general public about mortgages. And I think we're going to start off slow and then get into the juicy stuff. I like to save the juicy Sounds stuff for good. the end. So Build up. a good question that comes up all the time is, what is the difference between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval. That's like a big one, right? Yeah, that's a great question. That's one that we get asked pretty regularly. Yeah. You know, I've only known pre-approval since I've been doing this almost 20 years. We never have done pre-qualifications. The distinction is a pre-approval means that you're reviewing all of the borrower's critical information. So that could be employment-related, income-related, credit, verifying assets, asking the tough questions, truly making sure that that deal works and not waiting for an underwriter to tell you if something works or does not work. A pre-qualification means you've had a surface level conversation with somebody. Sounds like it should work. They haven't provided any support documentation yet, but based on what someone told you, maybe they make, um, what their credit range is, how much money they have to put down. It sounds like it could work. Um, so a lot of times you'll see some of these bigger banks and call center uh, online lenders doing pre-qualifications. A lot of times they give out pre-approval letters, but are actually pre-qualifications. So both could really be a whole bunch of BS, right? That is so, 100% accurate. <laughs> that is why it is really important Hence that, your you, 911 yeah, email that you morning. use a person to get a mortgage that you really fully trust and make sure, um, I know like when I'm on the listing side and I get a pre-approval, I call, yeah, I booked that the other day. Uh, um, 
when I call the, and I get a pre-approval, I call the other mortgage broker and I'm like, did you actually look at their tax returns? Like, have you gotten all of their docs yet? Or did you just have like a casual, yeah, like I'm, a lot of people say what they make, but they don't know what their actual, especially people like me who are self-employed, like your tax returns might show a big difference in what you think you make and what the IRS thinks you make. People that are self-employed generally only care about what they're bringing in every single month. They're not worried about what they show to the IRS. And there's a big difference between gross and net income. And then there's a big difference between, you know, loans that take maybe one year versus two years of tax returns to qualify. And so, you know, somebody could ask the question one way to somebody, like a loan officer could say to somebody, how much do you make? And no fault of their own, the borrower answers it based on what they think they make. But you can see where that could lead to a whole lot of problems if the loan officer didn't ask the right questions followed by the right amount of um, support documentation. You know, so a pre-qualification is good maybe for a realtor to show a little good faith with a client, like based on some verbal info, they're comfortable putting them in their car, maybe, you know. But a pre-approval, you need a real pre-approval to make an offer because, you know, our reputations are everything too. And Allison, especially other realtors want to work with you. So when they see a letter from me, when an offer by you, that's going to help your real, your clients we get call, accepted. We call that street cred here okay. on Allison. Yeah. <laughs> we got, cred has like mad street cred in Palm Beach County. So um, Craig is not very good at like bragging about himself, but I think at one point you were like the number one loan officer in the state of Florida. That happened. Yeah, that mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, but he's not very big on like promoting himself that way. Um, and mortgage brokers, I think, on the whole, aren't like realtors in the sense that they have to market themselves mm-hmm. to the general public so much. Um, I think to be successful in mortgages, you have to have good, solid relationships with realtors. Absolutely. Um, because like right now, like if you're a refi guy, I mean, you have nothing nothing to do today. So. No, and, and the relationship and <laughs> everything for us, for us, I want to work with, with the better realtors that appreciate and, and, and respect what I do. I can't work with every single realtor you know, I, that's not my business model. I can't either, but I, I know have to. it's, it's <laughs> um, you know, it's not that and I can't hard. give what I yeah. give though to every realtor. I can't, we right. put too much it's, into every approval. It's not that hard to get a mortgage broker's license or a real estate license, but to be successful and have longevity, you really have to learn the trade and really, and I'll, I'm going to quote something. I wrote this in my little notes here. Craig said this to me once and it always kind of stuck. And I don't know if you remember this, but talking about real estate. So when I'm buying a house, me personally, I'm a realtor. I do real estate every single day for the last 20 years. Um, I don't know that much about mortgages. Like I have some questions here for you. Like how does someone know how much they should put down? How do you know how much you can afford? How do you know what type of mortgage you should be getting? So I work in this business every single day. I have no idea the answers to those questions for my own personal self. What I do is I call Craig and I say, hey, Craig, I found this condo I want to buy. A, can I afford it? How much do I need to put down? What type of mortgage should I get? What's the best option for me? You know, and so Craig's term is stay in your lane. So, (laughs) and so he said this to me once is, and I do this with him and he does this with me. When he has a question real estate wise, 
he doesn't know the answer either because he's not a realtor and I don't know the answers for mortgages. You know, things with mortgages change constantly and there's no way a real estate agent could keep up on it. I mean, things with real estate change all the time and we have to keep up on it. Um, but for real estate questions, he'll say to me, what do you think I should do? Or what, what should this person do? You know, and for a mortgage, I say, people will say to me, you know, how much do I need to put down? What type? And I'm like, you got to talk to Craig because I stay in my lane. When I, when I need mortgage, I let him stay in his lane and we each know our own stuff. So, which I think is really good advice to anybody. Um, I've come across people and I'm not saying it's not possible, but I've come across people who are like, I am the realtor and I do the mortgages and I'm the insurance person, you know? And I'm like, Ooh, that's a lot of things to know, you know, to be good at like all of that, or even just to do real estate and do mortgages. It's hard enough to do one thing well. And it is hard enough to do one thing well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that. So, um, so yeah. There's also a big, big, big disparity between the top realtors in our area, just like there is with the mortgage people. Mortgage people have evolved over the last two years to where like just being able to close a loan quickly is not enough anymore. They know how to answer the questions. Like when, when realtors call somebody, I just had one of my, one of, one of my better agents down in Broward closes a ton of deals, called me and started off, but I need you to save a deal. I got the, I've been in the business for 25 years, blah, blah, blah. Call up front from the mortgage person. <laughs> Cause now a lot of mortgage people, when they, when the offers go in, they proactively call the listing agent to sell. They've got a pitch. Yeah. You know, they're scripted. This guy that screwed me this morning didn't, did right. a little pitch Again, to me. it's like, gotta have, <laughs> you know, if you're going to put yourself out there like that, you need to be able to back it up, you know, and, and you can only do that by, by shutting up and doing the job over time consistently. <laughs> like, yeah. Speaks for itself. Um, so the questions that I kind of just threw out there casually talking about, you know, me staying in my lane and deferring to Craig when I have mortgage questions is, you know, so the big news here is that rates are up right now. Mm-hmm. So what are people doing um, to work with that mm-hmm. issue? Because that's obviously that's a, a big, um, what do they call that? Like gorilla in the room? <laughs> 800 pound gorilla. Yeah. Elephant in the so, room. Elephant in you the room. Too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> The elephant is the 800 pounds. Right. So yeah, there's an 800 pound gorilla in the room and it is the 7% mortgage rates. So, so how do you work with that? Right. Like how does somebody know if they can still buy a house? I mean, so what's, yeah. what's going on with that? Okay. So conventional mortgages, which now are up to $715,000 are trending towards 7%. They've been in the mid to high sixes. Um, that trend doesn't seem to be stopping anytime soon. You know, the the Fed is committed to stopping inflation. They only have one real lever to do that, which is raising rates. So I think that's going to continue to happen until we hit probably 8% until things start to curb, maybe. Um, jumbo rates are still in the high fives. Jumbo's over 715,000, um, which in this market is really common. Under 715,000, which is conventional, uh, is more in the high sixes. So... You know, there's been this saying that I really like that's been all over social media and and, and um, from mortgage people, which is marry the house, date the rate. You know, the idea there is that um, for the last two years, people were willing to sell their firstborn to get the house they want, pay whatever it costs to get the house, sign away all their contingencies. Now they can get that house. And then they were doing that for a house that maybe checked five out of 10 boxes on their wish list. 
like a client will meet with you for the first time, tell you what they wanted over the last two years. And then ultimately they buy a house that was like none of that. You know? Right. Because right. they just get caught up in it. Now right. they can get that house that checks all 10. And most of them don't want it because of the rate. Right. So the marry the house date the rate is look, there's not as much competition now. Get the house you want. Make sure you can afford the payment first and foremost, but then get the house. And eventually you're going to refi that loan. Now, some of the things that people are doing to combat it are um, paying additional money at closing to buy down the rate, which that's like points you hear, mm -hmm. which has kind of a negative stigma. But if used to buy the rate down enough to where you will break even from what you saved over a couple of years before you refi, it makes sense. The program that's much more popular now They've been around since I've been doing mortgages, but nobody ever used it. Now it really makes sense. It's called a 2-1 buy-down. So a 2-1 buy-down can only be paid by the seller or you know, if you're negotiating a deal, you might have to kick in some from the lender or from the realtor, but most of the time it's seller paid. Uh, it costs between two and like two and a quarter percent. So most buyers are requesting a two to 3% con concession on deals, even if they price it in. And that offsets the rate that so buys down So what happens is on a 2-1 buy down. Why haven't you told me about this just, yet? What the hell? <laughs> so a 2-1 buy down, well, okay. we haven't had that many buyers, truthfully. Okay. On a 2-1 right. buy down. Um, <laughs> if the rate started at 6.75, mm -hmm. in year one, the rate's 4.75. That's the two. It's 2% lower. In year oh. two, it's 5.75. And then in year three, it goes back to 6.75. So if they kept that loan for three years, one year at 4.75, one year at 5.75, one year at 6.75, the average is 5.75, which is a point lower. So if they refi any time in that first three years, they're going to come out pretty far ahead. What happens is the two or 2.25% 2, 2 from the seller gets held in an account by the lender. And every month it gets drawn down the difference between the interest at 6.75 and 4.75 in your one. So let's say they paid off the loan in 10 months. They refi, sell the house, whatever. Whatever unused portion of the buy down is in that account is a principal reduction or a payoff reduction for the buyer. So they actually realize that whole amount of money, whether they kept it the whole time or whether they paid off through a refi or a sale. So there's really no downside to a buyer. Um, and in this market, you know, sellers are willing to do things to move inventory. And what are we calling this again? A two one buy down. I think it's good for. I heard like microphone check one two one two when you said <laughs> it. I was like, <laughs> we could do like, some marketing around it. It's about to be like a Wu Tang song or something. <laughs> we could probably do some cool. Uh, I was trying. I'm like one two one two. What, what did he say? Like okay, two one buy two, down. One. It still sounds two one buy down. Like it still sounds like a rap song. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, um, I literally like that's how my the I'm like the people in the back that need it repeated one more time. So um, so, so two okay, one buy so down is. I just think standard every buyer should be requesting a three percent concession on every deal right now. If it's if it's so I have FHA, chick, VA or conventional. This chick that I tried to bounce over to you that I'm still working on her. 
um, everything that there's a lot of stuff right now, not selling insurance. You know, there was, it's, um, you know, two days after hurricane Ian, we're on mm-hmm. the East coast, thankfully, but, um, insurance is a big issue too here. Um, and roof age is like a problem. So a lot of these homes, um, cause kind of like the Renaissance of like all these new builds was like 20 to 25 years ago. So a lot of these homes that are selling right now have the original roof and that's like a problem. So I had said um, to this buyer, you know, I wonder if we can, what the max credit you could ask for, for like closing costs is on the loan. And then you could have that cash, you know, in your pocket. So she could get like a 6% credit at closing. It can't exceed the costs and the prepaids. You can't get money. Oh, okay. Like it has to go towards something. Right. But it would offset those those fees that she'd have coming out of her pocket anyway. Correct. So she'd be able to keep that money. And then you can so, add this on the seller side. Oh, so you can do both. You yeah. can do a two one buy down and a credit towards prepaid. You, let's say closing. you got someone a four percent credit. That's now, like super crafty stuff. Yeah, like you We're can, giving away all our secrets. So let's say someone's <laughs> yeah. buying for four hundred thousand or use a real what's this person shopping for? She's like seven. So on seven, that's going to be conventional. Mm-hmm. The loan amount's going to be conventional. Mm-hmm. Uh, what percent are they putting down? Um, she was 10. 10? So you yeah. can get a pretty big concession. You can go 6%. Yeah. Now, of that 6%, 2.25 can go to the buy down. So now right. you got 375 left. Mm-hmm. And that can offset prepaids, points, other points. Right. So that's um, a really good Probably strategy. won't use all. And you could potentially add some of it if the seller doesn't want to do it, but the value is there because it's got to appraise. Mm-hmm. You can maybe go from seven to seven twenty and get back twenty wow. if it's going to appraise. That's how we used some to do that. Next level shit. We might be talking. Are we talking above your your your? Are you understanding what we're saying? Do you understand all this? Yeah. Sorry, I have a line. Yeah. Here. So Allison's looking at me. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't. <laughs> I forget there's a microphone sometimes. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm like you're just making me really excited listening to this because like you, I didn't know about I'm looking at Allison saying, like Allison, like first I didn't know about this. And me as like a regular Joe of a person, like all I hear is rates are going up. You're never gonna get the house that you were looking at five months ago. So this changes like the ball game for sure. And Knowing this, it's like that it was so different than five months ago. It's like you're not running out and trying to buy a house in your pajamas because there's 10 other people 100% waiting out right. front. Yep. So like you're really like, I feel like an ah type of yeah. like moment, like an angel moment. I know. This is really awesome, awesome information. Think about it. You got somebody. I didn't even know it was going to be this exciting when we invited Craig. <laughs> Sorry. I'm usually like a solid three. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like a six now. Now you're like a seven and a half. Um, yeah. <laughs> right? Right? He's three, but he knows how to get your rate down. Right? He's, punct- he's punctual. Right. So um, like the, where this is really good is like if you have people that have just thrown in the towel over the last year. Which is like so many So people. many people. Like I have a it. list. I'm defeated. I don't want to do this. The race went up to seven. I can't afford it anymore. Any of that stuff. Um, they can get the house that they want at hmm. rates from a year ago with no prepayment penalty, with no prepayment penalty on their mortgage. So they can get a payment that's in line with um, what they can comfortably afford, at least for the next two years before the rate readjusts higher. 
Okay. So right? that's a good segue into my last question of the day. Crystal ball time. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So we had um, some magic crystals here that we had on the table from someone else was doing a podcast earlier that was doing a guided meditation, which that's clearly not what I'm doing here. But We're having a mindful session. But my producer was like, oh, let me remove these crystals. And I'm like, no, you know what? Let's leave them. (laughs) So we do have crystals here. So speaking of crystals, um, let's do crystal ball. So um, we're October 1st tomorrow. So we've got one quarter left of 22. Mm-hmm. And then, so what do you think for the rest of the year? And then what, what do you want to make some predictions for 23? Yeah, I, I think that we're going to see more of the same through the end of this year. Um, the government is focused on rates while we still have supply chain issues and while we still have tons of money going elsewhere. And it only fixes one piece of the puzzle, right? So I don't believe that we're going to see any relief in rates in the short term. Um, and the next, I, I think we're going to see rates that come close to 8% in the next six to 12 months. That's my own before it comes back down. You okay. know, I hope it happens sooner. The sooner we get there, I think the sooner it comes down, which for us in our business is, is great news. Um, I think that people, I, I think home prices will start to come down a little bit. Um, they've been settling, but you haven't seen, it's weird because we're in South Florida. There's not a whole lot of desperation. Everyone's got a ton of equity in their property. Everyone's sitting on their 3% rates from the last mm-hmm. couple of years. So you have that confluence of of things that isn't making, you're not seeing desperation. You're seeing some price drops, but the price drops are from crazy pie in the sky numbers from a year ago. So I think at some point you will see some more downward pressure on prices as rates continue to go up, which hopefully will, you know, get buyers some decent deals. We'll use these programs and they'll all refi. Every person that we put a home alone into uh, every person that we put into a loan in every person that we put into a loan right now in English um, <laughs> will be refinancing in the next couple of years. Um, once there's any kind of talk from the Fed that inflation may be under control, even if it's not, you're going to see the bottom come out of rates. Like any little inkling of good news for interest rates, for inflation, because it's with the economy, it's buy the rumor, sell the fact. So like the market trades on speculation, the market trades on what they think the Fed is going to do. So by the time the Fed actually takes action, it's already factored in to stocks, to bonds, which is how rates are priced. So a lot of times, like everyone talks, everyone rushes to try to lock rates the week that they know Jerome Jerome Powell is going to talk. But it's funny because typically, when for those who don't know, that's the the chairman of the Federal Reserve. When I told Craig we were going to talk today, what did you text me? I said, I'm coming up with some questions Ah. that I think would be good for the podcast. Um, Compare and contrast uh, what Jerome Powell is doing to the economy with Tupac versus Biggie. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that's a good one. That's that's an ongoing beef. (laughs) A lot of comparisons. Yeah. A lot of parallels. Um, So anyway, so yeah. So so, once the rumor's out that the rates are going to drop, everybody's house prices are going to go up again. There's going to be less inventory again, and we're going to be in the same boat. So the thing is- 
So if you want to buy a good house now with all the things that you like, do it now and then refi when the rates go down and then you get the house that you like with the lower rate and then you're all good. I tell people all the time, like when was the last time you bought a stock at the bottom? Right. Like Never. for some reason when home prices are going straight up, nobody can see my hand pointing straight up, but it yeah. is. <laughs> um, that's when people want to rush to go buy houses, yeah, right? I know. Like when the stock market was way higher than it is now, that's when everyone was trying to buy stocks. Yeah. But right yeah. now, everyone listening and everyone you know can actually get the house they want at an I affordable know. payment. So and people are, I think people are scared, but I think if they listen to this podcast today that you just dropped some science on um, a glass half full perspective of, totally. you know, how you could buy a house and not be so scared. Um, so that was great. That was some good stuff. Thank you, Craig. Thank you. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up for today. That was awesome. Thank you so much for coming out. I appreciate it as always. And if anybody wants to reach out to Craig, um, you could obviously go through me cause I'll sell you the house and then you'll get the mortgage from him. But if you have mortgage questions and you want to contact Craig's office, what's the best way to get you at cross country? Email is Craig S at CCM.com. Instagram's at Stelzer Craig. And phone number is 561-929-1083. There you have it, folks. And mine, if you want to reach me, best way is probably um, on my Instagram. That really is it. Um, shoot me a DM and then always like, follow, and subscribe to my podcast. My Instagram handle is Allison Sullivan Realtor, and that's with two L's and a Y. Have a great day, everyone, and it's been wonderful being with you today.